0: It's right up my street, it's my boulevard, it's right up my Strasza, oh my God, it's garden right up there, it's right up my podcast.
1: Welcome to Right Up My Podcast. My name's Kate White. And
2: my name's Gwen Watson. And this is the podcast in which we talk to... Actually, I'm going to throw this one to you, Kate. What kind of people do we talk to? (laughs) We talk to very experienced
1: and knowledgeable people about things that we don't know much about. (laughs) And that (laughs) make us feel good. that (laughs) make us feel
2: good. (laughs) Damn, where's the script? We got
1: there. (laughs) (laughs)
2: And this is episode 46, all about breathwork. Hey, part one. Part
1: one, yes, because we're doing something that we've talked about, but not done before right on my podcast. So we're speaking to a breathwork facilitator called Lindsay Marriott, and she shared so much interesting stuff with us that we felt it deserved two separate episodes, just to make sure that we covered it all. We couldn't so cut it down.
2: It was just we too interesting.
1: Yeah. So um, in this first episode, we're talking to her about functional breathing, which is basically <laughs> everyday breathing. And apparently, spoiler alert, we're doing it wrong.
2: Oh, I remember you saying this on the pod ages ago. You were like, we're not even breathing right. It's like, oh, <laughs> we've just got to give up in life. But actually... <laughs> We don't need to give up. We can actually breathe correctly, it turns out. It's yeah. not
1: that hard. It's just you don't know what you don't know, basically. exactly.
2: It's another fascinating one. It
1: is. So we will come to that soon. But in the meantime, we've both been having... I mean, we've both had a pretty busy time since we've last chatted on the pod.
2: Oh, now you're making it out like we've actually done interesting stuff, though. That's built it up a little bit. But yes, we have been busy...
1: I mean, we're taking a break from watching telly and reading crap books that we can't remember anything about.
2: (laughs) And we've actually done some stuff. Yes. What although stuff have you I, done? I will say, the other day I had a small epiphany where I realised that life, life is where you kind of make your big plans. You're like, I want to write a children's book, or I want to go yeah, in and, the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, right. I want to go and hike in the Andes or whatever. And then actually, what life actually is is just recovering from hangovers and not feeling very productive and just getting the bare minimum them done you're thinking all that
1: other stuff I'll do that tomorrow I'll do it tomorrow when I've had a good night's sleep
2: you're just (laughs) scraping by you feel like you've achieved you feel like you deserve a medal when you've unloaded the dishwasher and put your washing away so true so you genuinely do like I
1: feel like I want to pat myself on the back when there's not a massive mound of washing up next to the sink I'm like yes
2: yes nailing life how did I get so good at this yeah can I go back to bed now yeah and you're like okay what what are my deadlines I'm gonna get my deadlines done yeah but any other ideas I had that massive to-do list about ways to I don't know improve my life or build my business or any of that shit (laughs) none of it None Absolutely. of it. <laughs> None of it. Aspirational well, my- Gwen, she's got great ideas. She oh, yeah. would be out there kicking ass. Reality <laughs> Gwen. <laughs> She's here Monday morning, haven't even showered or barely got dressed. You're Ugh. doing
1: yourself a disservice, though, because you sent me earlier today a photo of reality, Gwen. And I might be misremembering this, but I'm pretty sure you're wearing a massive flamingo hat. That is
2: a Gwen that's living her best life. This is true. So... um Keen-eared listeners will know that I also put on events in my spare time for a local venue here in West Wales. And we've just had our third one. It's called the Burning Moon Party. Sold out five weeks in advance, can I just wow. say. We have live music. We have an acoustic stage. We have a circus stage. We have people walking about in costumes. We have amazing decor, lighting, DJs, it's a lot of fun. And the, the I think the thing that maybe people enjoy the most is that each one has a different theme. Yeah. And everybody gets totally dressed up. That is it's so much fun we've had like enchanted woodland and magical wonderland and this one was totally tropical and you have um, to say it in that accent yeah I don't I don't know if I'm allowed to say it in that accent (laughs) (laughs) I'm just quoting the little advert but also you don't know if you can say it in any other accent (laughs) no I can't no it doesn't make sense in my own accent nobody will know what I'm talking about so um yeah and it was because yeah, it's a mostly outdoor event and uh, the ones before have been in March and November yeah. and they've been a bit cold. So we're like, let's do one right in the middle of summer. Yes. So of course it pissed it down. Of course it did. Storm course Betty came world. rolling in <laughs> and ransacked the place. But it was, yeah, it was still, I was like, it's a tropical storm, everyone. Look what we've yeah. got. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of fun, lot of dressing up. I had a lot of friends yeah. come from all over the country from Sheffield, from London. Somebody even flew in from Copenhagen. It was... So... Fun. Oh, I've sp- I feel like I've spent, as well as being hungover this weekend, I've also spent a lot of this weekend just laughing. That is so good. And do you know what, actually, from
1: having, you know, we, some, we often do record in the morning because you're very forgiving to me at needing to get this stuff done in the morning. <laughs> but given it's a Monday morning after a big weekend, you look like your cup has been refilled. Do you know what I mean? You don't look like a broken person, and the yeah. world feels miserable, and you're on a massive come down from a fun weekend. You look like you've had like a proper, um, oh, what's the word? What's the nourishing? For? Is that like a nourishing? Word we're for? Like you've you've properly been buoyed up, and yes. your joy levels have been reset.
2: I totally feel that, and also because last week, this has been a good time to do a breathwork episode. Could I just say, yeah. last week I felt I was in fight and flight for most of the week. Right, I was hardly getting to sleep. So I was lying there doing my breath work while I was in bed trying to sleep. And um, I re—I felt it just switch immediately Saturday morning back yeah. to rest and digest. And it's yeah. just, oh, such a relief when your it's nervous system's feeling. reset. Yeah. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. And it makes, you know, every time when I do these big things, and I don't know about you, Kate, but these things that are anxiety ridden, you're yeah. like, I'm never doing this again. Oh, yeah. And then... Once it's over, that sense of achievement yeah. is so great, isn't it? Completely.
1: Like, I've yeah. had that so many times. And actually I had a bit of that last week, so not wanting to kind of uh, talk about me when we're talking about you. We're but... gonna definitely talk about you, darling. Take the <laughs> mic, doll. <laughs> but last week I was up in Edinburgh, at Edinburgh Festival oh, yeah. for work. And for oh, yeah, a, the other podcast you the on. The other podcast of which <clears throat> we do not speak. Go on, give it a shout out. Give it a shout out. It's called Richard Wiseman's On Your Mind and it's a Podimo podcast. And Richard Wiseman is a psychologist. He specialises in sort of quirkology, so the quirkier size of psychology. So mm. paranormal, um, magic, luck. Humour, the weird and wonderful sides of psychology. Love it. And he co-hosts it with Marnie Chesterton, who is a uh, Radio 4 science journalist, and they talk about a different theme. But Richard actually lives in Edinburgh and for the festival, and he used to be one of the directors of Edinburgh Festival, so he knows oh, really? all the people... All the comedians, he's like in the scene. Wow. So um, we thought we would go up to his house, turn one of turn his spare bedroom into like a makeshift studio, and just a load of Edinburgh Festival names came round and Richard and Marnie interviewed them. So oh I wasn't on my like, God. I wasn't interviewing, I was sort of producer role behind the scenes. But you know what it's like? When the buck stops with you, yeah. the pulse races. And yeah. there were definite moments where I was like, whoo, 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 just get through this and you never have to do it again. You can quit you can quit your job on Thursday when you come home.
2: <laughs> you just gotta ride out the next couple of days. And then when it's done, you're like, Oh, that was quite fun. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. I'm so <laughs> impressed by you. That sounds terrifying to me. It was quite terrifying. It was quite terrifying. Can um, you name drop anybody that you had in the
1: booth? Robin Ince. do you know? Oh yeah, Ince? yeah, yeah. He's good, yeah, yeah, isn't yeah. he? He's funny. He's funny. Joe Caulfield. Oh yes. Yeah. Her, um, yeah. Pippa Evans, who is very interesting. So she, have you heard of Showstoppers, the musical? Yes. She's one of the team of Showstoppers, the musical. She's oh. an improv comedian. She's written a book called Improv Your Life, which basically is taking nice. the rules from improv and how you can use them in your everyday life and it will help you it will make your life feel better love that basically the basis is yes and and exactly yes and the ultimate improv rule yeah and the fact that your collaboration you know don't go in and um there's all sorts of improv don't block don't block don't yeah yeah don't go in there and completely take a u-turn when everyone else is going down one
2: road and you're like no i'm gonna be a king and you've all got to play along yeah you've right kind of
1: all collaboratively go in the same direction I like it's really that. interesting
2: that's really nice and again a bit of play in your life yes yeah, yeah be playful exactly yeah. and the yes and
1: is great actually because even though the thing that someone said might be batshit crazy it might be a starting point for you to, you know, you, you'll zig and your zag and your loop around if you keep saying yes, Anne. And eventually you might end up somewhere amazing.
2: Yeah. If you allow yourself to follow that, that Yeah, route. I like that. I think we need a bit more of that in our lives, don't we? I do. I yeah. Do. And there's a co- the course that I'm doing that I've mentioned before, Jen Sincero, the Badass, yes. How to be a yes. Badass course. She talks about... Um, And this is particularly good for people who are like working from home, say for us and or feeling that they're a bit stuck in a rut or whatever, haven't crawled back into normal life post pandemic or whatever. She says um, it's, it's called something like the stranger club. And every day you talk to a stranger. and you find out about them and so and you do that for like 30 days or we're supposed to be doing it throughout the you know the length of this course and so I've been doing that more and there's a little bit of yes and in that is there isn't there like usually I would be I can't be bothered a lot of the time I cannot be bothered to talk to a stranger I'm like yeah all right mate um you know in the vets or whatever yeah this time it's making me go so I see you're a trainee vet, so where are you studying then? Is, this, is it fun? <laughs> but I love that. Yeah, you're finding out, you're interacting. It's a way of opening your world and your mind up to different points of view and to different life stories and...
1: That yeah. makes total sense, and it reminds me of some of the stuff that math Potts says, actually, said actually It said in our interview with him, where those little connection moments are really obviously you there's a slightly different twist to it the the motivation for doing it that you're talking about, mm. but also you're gonna get that connection with other yeah. people, those little micro
2: connection moments then that feels really nice, yeah, it does, yeah. And they always say you never know what somebody else is going through. And I think I might have spoken about that because his episode was called Connecting People, wasn't it? Go back and yeah. listen to that if you haven't. He's such a great such a great guy, really inspirational.
1: Yeah.
2: And I think it might have been on that episode I was talking about when I went out and did free hugs for a day in an afternoon in a local Lovely town. Yes. And um, literally some people were like, I haven't had a hug for a week or I haven't had <gasps> a hug for a month. and God. You know, some people like I when I was working in London, I was studying. So um in, yeah just a few years ago literally my, my going to tesco's and talking to the woman at the checkout would be my one conversation that day and that yeah. is that is a lot that is the way of life for a lot of people it is it so is. yeah people like to talk they do it's good Definitely. to connect man just Definitely. don't go on yeah if i yes yeah. Yeah, yeah keep no to stop. yeah it's <laughs> <That's> true <laughs> no one <laughs> to walk away <laughs> i don't need your life story <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely that moment, isn't there, when your eyes glaze over. And you're like, oh, yeah. God, how do um, I get out of this? God, I've <laughs> pushed it too far.
1: <laughs> now I'm being weird. I've crossed the line from friendly to weird in the space of thirty seconds. <laughs>
2: yeah. I'm just walking backwards now. Bye. I can hear my phone ringing from over there. Um, what else? What else have been doing? Well, I'm very impressed by you in Edinburgh. What else has been going on, telling Well, do you know
1: what? Just um. Going on from what you were just saying, one thing that's really stayed with me that I've thought about loads—I would say almost every day since we did it—was the "what can you do today?" the one percent thing that you can do. Ah,
2: from last episode, episode not the one percent
1: thing—the thing that you can do to make you one percent happier. Yeah, and I do, and in Edinburgh, when like oh things were a bit heightened, I kept thinking that okay, what's the one percent I can do today to make my day a bit better? I love that. It's really stayed with me.
2: Yeah. I, yeah, I've tried to, and I've stuck a little post it on my window at my desk that says 1% on, inspired yes. by you. Excellent. And also inspired by you. Um, In that episode, yeah, the other day I was going to have lunch and I was going to do my usual, take it up to my desk, keep working while I'm eating. Yeah. I was like, no, girl, no. What's going to make you 1% happier? Go and sit in the garden. Yeah. Get some sun on my skin and eat my lunch. Nice. So, yeah, it's yeah. nice to just do those extra. And I've been like lighting my candles in my bedroom. I love that. They, they've just been sat there for years not being just lit. Collecting dust. And, yeah. And... Yeah, that's a nice thing to do. Yeah, Now your bedroom's turned into this sexy boudoir. (laughs) Looks like a harem in there. (laughs) Flames are burning. (laughs) Caustic smoke when I'm trying to sleep. (laughs) Um, Have you been watching anything or seeing anything or doing anything? I
1: was reading. I still am yet to see Barbie and I'm still yet to see Oppenheimer. But I did read a funny story on... um, I think it was, I can't remember, it might have even been on the BBC yesterday that was talking about, you know, there's this Barbie, Barbieheimer where people are going to see one and then they're going to see the next one straight away because they've got these two big blockbusters. I've and heard there was... of people going to see both in one go. Seems and there was bonkers. This... Yeah, I know. Couldn't be two more different films. And there was this big headline on the BBC News that said, Barbie Heimer, responsible for increasing COVID numbers. And I was like, oh, bloody hell. (laughs) Oh, fucking hell. Oh, God, obviously, increasing COVID numbers, you know, that's bad. But it just cracked me up that this, like, Barbie and Oppenheimer cinema duo was being held responsible for this
2: <laughs> is that really news come on come on can we just enjoy Get ourselves for once please honestly um it's now a good time to do our review of the week shall we yes Go on then. this is from garden fence um, she says, I took Kate and Gwen on a recent four-hour road trip with back-to-back podcasts. They and their excellent guests were the best company. I love both Kate and Gwen's humour, openness and inquisitiveness, an ability to wonder at beautiful things and social empathy. Oh, that's nice. That's really nice. They say, as a trainee psychotherapist, also full-time self-employed, I find much of their topics relevant professionally and personally. Oh, we love that. Thank you, Garden
1: Fence. Yeah, Yeah, we do. We really do. Keep keep those reviews coming because we really appreciate them and we'll make a real effort to read them out and give you a name check. So thank you at Garden Fence.
2: Yeah, that really makes a difference to us. Thank you. So Kate, like I've not been watching much on the telly box recently because of my hugely busy and entertaining life. How about you? No, I've not been watching much either. I don't know
1: what's happened the last couple of weeks. Just been all so crazy busy, haven't we? But I have been living out my own dramatic sequence of events on a, on a train heading from Edinburgh down to Bristol. Oh my God, I can see the movie credits now. <laughs> Tell me more. So I had a slightly dramatic train ride on my way back from Edinburgh. The woman sat... In the seat directly behind me, she was travelling with her daughter. I suddenly heard her daughter, like, calling out, like, are you OK? Are you OK? Are you OK? And her mum had obviously had some sort of episode. I'm oh. um, I'm only telling this story because she was all right in the end. But she's had some sort of episode. The daughter was panicking, didn't know what to do. And um, I sort of turned around. and was like, "Oh gosh, is everything all right?" She was like, "Can you find a doctor? Find a doctor!" Oh, so I had my dramatic God, moment! Kate. I ran down two or three train carriages, going, "Is no. there a doctor? Is there a doctor?" And eventually, some guy leapt up and said, "Me, I'm a doctor!" <laughs> And he no followed me way. back down the train carriages, everyone looking. Wow,
3: wow, what's
1: going on? And, um, and then, you know, he went and he took her pulse and he was, you know, he did all the wonderful, lovely things and looked after him, her and reassured her. And she got off. He got off with her on the next carriage.
2: And they he got off, off with thought, her on well, the it's... next carriage. Jesus, <laughs> what's going on? There's a sexy and <laughs> <laughs> unexpected <laughs> twist to <of> this tale.
1: <laughs> he is uh, Afterwards, the people around me were sort of chuckling, saying, "God, if only it was that easy to get a GP appointment." <laughs> <laughs> you could
2: just, run, just along. run down the street. Is anybody is a doctor? A doctor? <laughs> Great, I got a sore throat. Can I talk to you about Who my wants To look at my rash. <laughs> Kate, okay, that is
1: a movie moment. It was. It was so dramatic. In my head, I was running a soundtrack as I was running down was the... Was it uh, ti- The Eye of the Tiger? Was it...
2: <laughs> Were you in slow motion? It was Benny Hill. <laughs> <laughs> People standing up, cheering all around you. I took my hair out of my hairband
1: and let it float <laughs> dramatically behind me.
2: Oh, God. Hey, Uh, well done. I hope the women's all right. (laughs) We don't even need that punchline. The story (laughs) is all about you, doll.
0: (laughs) It's right up my podcast.
2: Now, before we get started, we'd just like to remind you about our
1: Patreon. This is where we put all our episode extras for free and for the price of a cup of coffee a month, you can join the very exclusive Rump Club.
2: Yes, as a member, you will get access to extra wiffle Waffle from Kate and I, behind the scenes content, music and lyrics from our incredible jingles. And we're even going to put some bonus episodes up there too.
1: The funds from Patreon go towards covering our running costs as well as earning our unending love and gratitude
2: so if you'd like to become one of our supporters and join the rump club head on over to patreon.com forward slash write up my podcast thank you so this is episode 46 all about breathwork part one That's right. And this episode,
1: we are talking to Lindsay Marriott, who is a breathwork coach and founder of Bristol Breathwork. So as we said at the top here, there was so much brilliant information that Lindsay shared that we split it into two episodes. So this is part one where we're focusing on functional breathing. But we started our conversation with Lindsay by asking her, what actually is breathwork?
3: So breathwork, the most simple definition is it's just... Changing the way that you breathe to achieve a particular mental, physical or emotional effect um, to improve your well-being in one of those ways. It can be very confusing when you first start getting interested in breath work because there is so much information out there and there are so many different types of breath work. I find it helpful to divide them up into three categories. So the first category would be functional breathing. Functional breathing is just your ordinary, everyday breathing, how you are breathing when you're not really thinking about it, making sure that you are optimising the use of your respiratory system to breathe as efficiently as possible in whatever situation you're in, whatever you're doing. That's the first category. Second category is um, nervous system regulation. So it's about using your breath to... Hack into your nervous system, basically, and to change the way that you feel. So, because breathing is part of the autonomic nervous system, which I'll talk more about in a second, mm-hmm. breathing is kind of the master controller of the autonomic nervous system. And the autom- autonomic nervous system controls your stress response and your relaxation response. So you can use your breath to calm yourself down, to, send, to change the signals that are being sent to your brain, essentially by sending calming signals, by slowing down your breath, calming your nervous system. Or you can use it to activate yourself, um, to energize yourself. So in that category, you have things like box breathing, coherent breathing, pranayama. So there's all these different yoga breaths that can speed you up or slow you down. So that's the second category. Okay. And then the third category is the... um, the therapeutic modalities. So that's where you're using breath as a kind of therapy tool, basically. Ah. That would include holotropic breathing, transformational breathing, rebirthing. And they are all based on the same breathing pattern, which is a conscious, connected breath. Because when you breathe in a connected way, because normally there's a natural pause between our breaths, between the inhale, exhale, exhale, inhale, but when you connect the breaths, what happens is that puts your body into... It puts you into a slightly altered state of consciousness mm. where things, your uh, conscious mind, your sort of the executive functions of your mind are dialed down, your body starts to take over and things start to shift. Um, and people can have big um, cathartic experiences with connected... when they're doing conscious connected breath work. OMG! Well, so-
2: <laughs> this is not simple. No, this, this is, is more complicated new. than I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> this is already much bigger than I, <laughs> than I anticipated. <laughs> well, let's start w- at the top with functional breathing because I think you mentioned this, Kate, before. We've spoken. We've spoken about this briefly before on the podcast that the most basic thing that we do multiple, multiple times a minute. Um, we're not doing it right, are we? How can this
3: be? <laughs> no. Well, I mean, it, it is amazing when you think about it because you know food. You can go without food for several weeks and still survive. You can go without water for several days and still survive, but you can only go without breathing for a matter of minutes. And we get loads of information about food, what, what we should be eating, our five-a-day, all the different kinds of diets. We get loads of information about how much water we should we should be drinking, but we're never taught how to breathe. So, And we all develop dysfun- dysfunctional breathing patterns. Um, we start off as newborn babies and toddlers with these lovely full diaphragmatic breaths. If you watch the way a toddler breathes, they have these big belly breaths. Hmm. And what's really interesting as well is that anyone who's ever spent time with a small child will know that children of that age, they live very much in the present moment. They experience, feel, express and process their emotions immediately so they can go from rage to you know to tears of sadness and then back to joy all within a couple of minutes and then when we get to about five things start to change and we start to alter the way we breathe and develop dysfunctional breathing patterns and that's for a number of reasons that's that's the sort of age that children start going to school and they have to sit still and they have to sit in chairs they're not moving around so much so they're not you know, exercising, stretching, uh, they're becoming sedentary, but also we start to receive messages about certain aspects of ourselves that are not welcome or certain emotions that are not welcome. So, you know, there's, we get a lot of messaging and conditioning around anger, especially women, like, you know, mm. don't shout, don't, it's not nice to be angry. Um, about sadness, again, you know, don't cry, pull yourself together, it's not so bad, Mm. all that kind of stuff. And so what we start to do is we start to repress our emotions, suppress our emotions, hold them in. And when we do that, typically we contract. Mm. And when we contract, we usually hold our breath and we restrict the way we're breathing in some way. And so what happens is we develop these little pockets of tension, in our it's it's just held in our respiratory muscles and that stops us breathing fully and if you because if you think about it if you if you think about it, if you're really angry and you can't express that anger for whatever reason because of the situation you're in think of the energy it takes to, to, to bite down with your jaw and you're tensing your whole body all that emotional energy that charge it stays in your body the body just stores everything Um and the same so when with, you say, sorry, sorry, I was going to say, when you say
1: we, we, we don't breathe fully, you mean we're not getting a full lung of air?
3: No, well, what's happening is we tend to restrict our breathing and I would say most people are chest breathers. So yeah. the primary breathing muscle is your diaphragm. It's this great big muscle which attaches to your ribs all the way around to the back. Now, when you're doing a proper diaphragmatic breath... It's about the size of a a frisbee. It's a really big, powerful muscle. And it's got a huge range of motion of about 12 centimetres. So when you're breathing a a proper full diaphragmatic breath, your diaphragm, what happens is your diaphragm, when you breathe in, your diaphragm moves down, your rib cage opens up, your lungs expand, draw in air. And as your diaphragm goes down, it pushes your belly out. So when you're breathing in, your belly should be soft so that the diaphragm doesn't meet resistance when it comes down. If you hold tension in your belly, if you're sucking your belly in to try and look slim, or if you're wearing really tight clothing, your diaphragm is going to meet resistance. Mm. And so it's not going to move down so far. So although there's a range of about 12 centimetres, most people's diaphragms only move a couple of centimetres. Oh, my God. Right. Wow.
2: And we're told to suck our bellies in from a young age.
3: Yeah. Yeah. stand up straight hold your belly in yeah but actually what you should be doing is just letting it you know letting it hang letting it hang out out. yeah (laughs) Yeah, let it all hang out (laughs) if you want to feel your diaphragm and sort of wake it up you can do if you just sniff three times and do it again can you feel that movement sort of in your midsection yeah Mm. when you do that that's your diaphragm that's sort of waking your diaphragm up (laughs) yeah Another way to, to feel your diaphragm is you just take your fingers and find the bottom of your ribs mm. and then just tuck your fingers up underneath oh. and you'll feel something squishy there. That's your diaphragm. Oh, I've never done that before. No. No. Um, <laughs> that's unusual. This is, this is a, really, it's a really interesting exercise because if you, if you kind of just gently explore by moving your hands, you'll get to a point probably where it feels, you're feel like, oh, that's a bit, you can feel tension there we hold an awful lot of emotional tension in our diaphragm because we think about it you're trying not to feel something, what do you do? You contract, you tense and you constrict your breath so your diaphragm doesn't move
0: Deep breathe very slowly In your nose and out your mouth Feels good can feel kind of dream like letting your t-
1: How do you alter something as far as the functional breathing goes, which we're not talking about a kind of really focused moment. This is something that happens every second of our life. How do you alter something that's so reflexive, something that's so automatic? Mm. How do you change that? Because you're not consciously thinking about every breath, are you?
3: No, but that's the thing. And I mean, this is why breathing is so key is because it's one of the only parts of the autonomic nervous system that we can consciously control. Because the autonomic nervous system includes things like your digestion, your heart rate, your blood pressure, none of which we can, you know, think right, heart speed up or digest that sandwich now, please. Yeah. Doesn't you can't you can't think control over that, but you can consciously change the way that you breathe. And when you consciously change the way you breathe, it changes the way you feel, and it has an impact on the whole of the rest of the autonomic nervous system. Yeah. So conscious breathing consciously really focusing on how you're breathing once you start doing that you can start making changes to it but the the first step in any um, breathwork journey is always breath awareness it's just literally closing your eyes tuning into your breath yeah we can do it now if you like so close mm-hmm. your eyes
0: mm-hmm.
3: and just start to notice your breath so you're not trying to change it you're not trying to do Anything with it, you're just observing it, witnessing it. So start to notice, first of all, where you're breathing. Are you? Where is the air entering your mouth? Is it, in, oh, sorry, your body? Is it entering through your nose or through your mouth? Where do you feel the air move after that? Can you feel it going down your throat? Can you feel your chest moving, your shoulders? Can you feel your belly moving? What, what happens when you breathe? If you had to explain to someone what the sensation of breathing is like, what would you say?
2: I can definitely feel mine into my chest.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I can feel my chest expanding and it doesn't feel like my breaths are very long.
1: Okay. And does it feel... Interestingly, I can feel my belly
2: going in and out. You're advanced, Kate. I've always said that about you. I've been very good at it. You're a very good breather.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, that's going to go right to her head.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just because if you notice what how you breathe normally, then you can start to change it. So mm. if you're breathing into your chest, Gwen. Yeah you want to start trying to use your diaphragm a little bit more because when you're breathing into your chest, you're using the secondary breathing muscles, which are in the chest and the neck and the shoulders. And those are kind of your backup muscles. So when you move into fight or flight and you're breathing really heavily, that's when you want to engage those breathing muscles, Ah. not all the time. And if you're breathing there all the time, you're going to get stiff neck, you're going to get aching shoulders, um, so you really want to focus on bringing your breath lower into your body. And the way you do that is by engaging your diaphragm. So as I said before, when the diaphragm moves down, the belly moves out. But if you tell people to focus on an abdominal breath, in my experience, what happens is and then start using their abs to you know pump the stomach in and out. And it's, hmm. that's not the movement at all. If you put your hands on the side of your ribs, up towards the bottom of your ribs... Hmm. Okay, and then when you breathe in, focus on breathing into where your hands are. Bring your breath to where your hands are. So you're relaxing your shoulders, relaxing your face. Yeah, just let your shoulders drop. You You don't need your shoulders to breathe. Breathe into your hands and you'll feel a gentle expansion of your ribs because your ribs move out. Breathing is a horizontal movement. It's not a vertical movement. It's not sort of shoulders moving up and down. It's your rib cage gently moving out when you inhale, and then moving back in again as you exhale. And as you breathe in, make sure your belly is soft, and you should feel your belly starting to expand as well as you breathe in. You feel that? If you can't feel it, um, you can. Le- if you lean forward more. Then you'll have gravity, you can lean right forward and breathe into your hands. Anyone finding difficulty feeling their belly moving and then you'll have gravity helping in you just to get that feeling of your belly moving softly. Mm. So again lots of people hold a lot of tension in their belly so they find it really hard to relax their stomach muscles and again what that does is it inhibits the range of movement of the diaphragm and pushes your breath further up into your chest and if you're breathing into your chest, your breath is necessarily going to be faster and shallower. And a fast, shallow breathing pattern is the breathing pattern of the fight or flight stress oh, response. Yeah, okay. So what happens, and that's a, that's a two-way thing. So when you're in fight or flight, your breathing speeds up and you're breathing using these auxiliary muscles in your chest and your shoulders. But that also sends a signal to your brain that there is a threat. So your brain starts sending messages back like, hey, there's a threat, breathe faster, your heart rate speeds up. And what happens typically with people who suffer from anxiety or panic disorder is that they then get stuck in that breathing pattern. And so they're breathing fast and shallow, which is telling their brain that there's a threat. Mm. The, and, and it keeps them in the stress response.
1: Okay, so you get this sort of feedback loop going around. Exactly,
3: round. It's exactly, okay. it's a feedback loop. Um, and the way to interrupt that is to slow down your breath. That's really the easiest way to calm yourself down, is to slow down your breath. Because when you slow down your breath, you send calming signals to your brain. Because mm. the messages are going all the time between your brain and your body. But what most people don't realize is that about 80% of the messages are coming up from the body and they're coming via the breath. Oh! So if you are in your stress response and you're like this, if you just really slow down your breath, calm down your breath, that tells your brain that you're safe. And likewise, Mm -hmm. if you're breathing really calmly and you start to hyperventilate you'll find that your heart rate's going to speed up. You're going to start feeling jittery because you're going to get stress hormones discharged because you're activating your stress response. It's a really interesting
1: quote on your website that says, mind controls the body, but the breath controls the mind.
3: I love that quote. It's my favourite quote. And that's exactly how it does it. So we think that the mind is in control of everything, but actually the breath can control the mind because with, by using your breath, you can change the signals that are being sent to your brain. And that's how empowering is that? Because... You're breathing anyway, it's free, Mm -hmm. you're taking it everywhere with you, (laughs) you know, you don't need anybody else, you just need to consciously breathe in a different way uh, for a short period of time and you can do amazing things. So
2: to, to put this into language that we have spoken about that or has been spoken about many times on the podcast, which, which has taken Kate and I roughly 40 episodes to really grasp, um, we, <laughs> can, we, can move, we can move from our sympathetic nervous system. So that's our fight or flight into our parasympathetic, into our rest and digest just through breath. Um, what... What kind of breathing exercises in particular do you use to move from one to the other? And part B of my question, uh, does it matter what we're breathing in and out of? We always hear in through the nose, don't we? Is it in through the nose, out through the mouth? Does it matter if you're out through the nose?
3: Yeah, well, I'll answer the second part of your question first, because that's really functional breathing is about breathing light So not taking, not heavy breathing, not sort of panting-type, noisy breathing. It's breathing quietly, breathing softly. It's breathing slowly. Mm -hmm. So most of us are over-breathing. Most of us are breathing between about 12 and 20 breaths a minute. Now, when you're breathing at 20 breaths a minute, you're processing 50% of the air that you inhale. When you breathe at 12 breaths a minute, it's about 70 to 75% of the air. If you can slow down your breath to six breaths a minute, you process 85% of the air that you're breathing in. Ooh, wow, six breaths a minute. That's really slow. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's basically five seconds in right. and five seconds out, right? And that that is all you need to breathe. When you're at rest, That's you, you can breathe at six breaths a minute and you're going to be breathing way more efficiently because you're getting more oxygen into your system for less effort. So with breathing... Less is more. It's like, imagine if you're rowing a boat and you're doing lots of short, sharp strokes. It's jittery. You're not going to move very fast. If you do long, powerful strokes, like long, slow breaths, you're going to move more quickly. You're going to get, it's just much more efficient. It's just a much more efficient way of breathing. Mm. Uh. I'm sorry, but I I haven't really answered your question. So (laughs) that's it. It's breathing light and slow, and then breathing deep. So breathing deep is bringing the breath deeper into your body, Using your diaphragm. And then the other principle of functional breathing is breathe through your nose. Because when you breathe through your nose, we all have these little nose hairs. When you breathe in through your nose, the nose hairs, they filter out pollen, pollutants, dirt, dust. Um, I remember I used to work in London and I used to travel on the Northern Line, which is like the oldest and dirtiest tube yes, line great. and if i blew my nose in the evening the tissue would be black black now, bogies. i remember that from the yeah, Horrible. old days yeah. in london yeah yeah well so imagine that's being filtered out by your nose imagine if you're breathing that through your mouth that's just going straight into your lungs oh, very good point yes automatic
0: monkeys sailing through ice cream And piano horses galloping down street.
1: take a bit of getting used to because I find when I try and breathe solely in and out through my nose I feel a bit panicky like I'm not getting enough air in
2: uh-huh.
3: are you a mouth breather yes. Kate <laughs> I might be a mouth breather. <laughs> okay um people who habitually mouth breathe and that's about 25 to 50 percent of us because as I said at the beginning we're, we're never taught how to breathe so don't beat yourself up about it You are breathing a lot less efficiently, and if you're not using your nose regularly, your nose can start to feel congested when you do. Because what happens when you breathe in um, through your nose, as well as cleaning and filtering the air, it warms the air and and it also humidifies the air, making it easier for the lungs to process. Mm. But it also creates more resistance. Because when you're breathing through your mouth, that's a big open space. When you're breathing through the two small holes of your nostrils, and then it has to go through your sinuses as well, that creates more resistance. So it's actually more effort to breathe through your nose. But the benefit of that is that you're breathing in with more force, so the air is going to go lower in your lungs, and more of it's going to get processed. So it's just a question of practice. Lots of people say, oh, I can't breathe through my nose because... It's always congested or I've got deviated septum. Patrick McEwen, who I trained with, said, if as an adult you can breathe through your nose for 60 seconds, you can breathe through your nose for life. It's just a question of getting used to it. Right. Mm. Um, it just takes practice, but it's really worth the effort because it comes with so many health benefits You know, people who breathe through their mouth are much more likely to snore at night. They're much more likely to get sleep apnea. Sleep apnea comes with a whole host of health warnings like stroke risk, heart disease. Um, Oh, really? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Because if you're not using your nose to breathe and then you're breathing through your mouth at night, what happens is your airways or the floppy tissue in your airways, your soft palate, your airways collapse at night. And that obstructs your airway, you can't breathe, so you stop breathing, and then your brain sends an urgent message to you to breathe, and so you go, (gasps) if you've ever, you know, seen anyone with acne, it's horrible, and then the stress that that puts on your heart, because then you're like, (gasps) gasping to try and get air in, and that can happen up to 60 times an hour with people, I mean, really, you know, it really disrupts your sleep, and, you know, the importance of sleep, having disrupted sleep, so... What we recommend is at night, because you can, you can consciously close your mouth during the day and, and, and make yourself breathe through the nose. And when you're walking, exercising, start to try and breathe through your nose. It takes time because, you know, you're, it takes time to adapt. You're retraining yourself, but it's really worth the effort. But at night, you know, you can't consciously control it. So what we recommend is mouth taping. Have you heard of that? Yes, I have heard of this. Sounds sounds gruesome, oh, God. but effective. <laughs> it is very effective. I mean, we're not talking about gaffer tape and completely sealing <laughs> your mouth <laughs> like hostage situation. Um, you just take. I've got some some tape here. So for anyone listening, it's about a centimeter wide, and you chop off a little strip of about four or five centimeters, and then. Like the best way to tape. do it, mm. it's just, it's micropore tape, it's 3M micropore tape, uh-huh. and then you just, using your fingers, just remove some of the stickiness so that when you, oh, okay. <clears throat> when you take it off it's not it doesn't hurt, mm. yeah. and then you just stick it across the middle of your mouth vertically, a vertical strip, oh, yeah, like okay. a little okay. tiny moustache.
1: Okay, so the whole mouth is not being taped up, it's mm-hmm. just a sort of no. little...
3: And I can still just about speak... Yeah. Um, and I could still, if I really wanted to, open my mouth.
1: Yeah.
3: But what it does is it creates resistance. Okay. So that it just reminds your brain, oh no, keep the mouth closed. Honestly, this can be transformative because people who mouth breathe at, at night, they tend to wake up in the morning with a really dry mouth and they're really thirsty. Mm. Their heads are fuzzy and you don't feel well rested. Yeah. Um, but if you can try the mouth taping. Some people don't like the idea of it, but as you can see, if you've just got a tiny little strip across the middle of your mouth, yeah, it's not going to make you feel yeah. claustrophobic because you can still speak. Mm. That's a lot less
1: intrusive than I was
3: expecting.
1: I, yeah. yeah, I had visions, like you said, of the sort of the gaffer tape. <laughs> where, you know, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're desperately trying to get someone's attention when you need some help. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's just yeah. going
2: down like the the middle from your middle of your nose down, isn't it and then, from the middle of your nose yep. yeah just
3: down to your chin so yep. it's just covering just your strip. mouth a little strip and and you'll notice when you try and open your mouth it just it just creates resistance if you really okay. force your mouth open it the, the the tape will fly off yeah and probably the first few to, few nights that you try it you'll wake up with a thin <laughs> stuck here or yeah. with a hair or on the pillow mm. um, it it can take a couple of weeks to get used to it but the first If you're a habitual mouth breather, the first time you sleep through the night with your mouth closed, you will feel the difference in the morning because your head will be clear, your mouth will be moist and uh, you'll just feel way, way better.
2: So presumably then snorers are mouth breathers then?
3: Generally, yes. Generally, people who snore, they snore through their mouth. Mm. And, and, you know, mouth taping instantly solves that because if your mouth is closed, you can't snore through your mouth. Yeah. Some people snore through their nose. But if you retrain yourself to breathe more slowly, to breathe more deeply using the diaphragm, and that gradually becomes your default breathing pattern, then people who snore through their nose tend to be heavy breathers. But if you're drawing the breath in slowly and letting it out gently, you can't snore. It's really hard. So if you're taking a really long, slow breath through your nose, it's really hard to make any sound. Yeah, right. Um, Another big advantage of breathing through your nose is that when we breathe through the nose, nitric oxide is this gas which is produced in the nasal cavities, in the sinuses behind. And nitric oxide has antifungal, antiviral and antibacterial properties It's also a bronchodilator, so it expands your airways. And it's a vasodilator, so it it widens, dilates the blood vessels. So it improves, it opens up your airways, which makes it easier to breathe. It also um, makes the blood flow through your lungs more efficient. So if you've got asthma or if you suffer from allergies, it's much better to breathe in through your nose because you're getting all the benefits of nitric oxide as well. And the way to massively increase nitric oxide is to hum. When you hum, you produce 15 times the amount. So anyone with allergies or with asthma, breathe through your nose and hum. Because when you do that, you're really helping to open up your airways. And it's also, it's sterilizing the air that you breathe in as well. Because if if you've got asthma and you're breathing in through your mouth, you're breathing in cold, dry, unfiltered air, which is gonna irritate your airways and cause inflammation. When you're breathing through your nose, you don't. You you have all the advantages of nitric oxide. Plus, you're warming, moisturizing the air that you're breathing in, and clean, and it's cleaner.
1: Gosh, I just it never fails to amaze me when you hear these bits of information about how our bodies are so amazingly designed to help ourselves and to optimise how they work when we use them correctly. It's
3: incredible. Uh, it is incredible. I mean, your nose is designed for breathing and, it, and that's why it comes with. It. It's an amazing piece of kit. It's really well designed. Yeah. Um. And then a lot of us just aren't using it.
1: Yeah. I've never, ever spoken with someone about how incredible our noses are before.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's a conversation
1: I've never had.
2: But it's true. Amazing. And I guess then the way to make functional breathing, the way to in- to breathe properly and make that kind of a daily occurrence or a regular thing is to just become like you were saying breath aware and to just keep practicing and it does will it then become a default that we're just doing longer deeper breaths
3: yeah it, it it's about bringing your awareness to your breath regularly during the day and um, when you start to notice how you breathe you'll notice how closely related to your emotions your breath is mm. because the way we feel affects the way we breathe and the way we breathe affects the way we feel. It goes both ways. So each kind of emotion has a breathing pattern and you'll start to notice, for example, that during the day perhaps you're holding your breath sometimes. You might be holding your breath because you're concentrating, because you're bashing out an email and actually yeah. you're holding your breath not just because you're concentrating but because you're really irritated about something. So you're suppressing a feeling, you're suppressing an emotion. And you might notice that around certain people, your breath just becomes really easy and natural and relaxed. And that's because we do this thing called co-regulation. So our nervous system is always checking out the people around us, the Mm. external environment to see whether or not we're safe. And when we feel safe, we relax, we engage our relaxation response and our breathing becomes easier Mm. and slower. But then you'll start to notice that certain people (laughs) make you feel a little bit tense <laughs> and your breathing becomes really constricted and in your and in your chest and then you start to think well what is it that I'm stopping myself from feeling here why am I not feeling safe why am I not feeling I can relax mm. um, and that can be in situations as well um, but yeah if you're going uh, if you're going into something if you're going into a big meeting or you're doing public speaking or things like that you'll notice that everything contracts but you can change that with breathing.
1: so much to lindsay and you can find out more about her work which she does both online and in person at bristolbreathwork.com and she's also running some workshops in bristol in october and i've put the links to those in the show notes so
2: head over there if you want to find out more i mean i've said it before i'll say it again for the write up my podcast drinking game get your shot ready this episode is a life changer kate (laughs) well who knew that there was so much to it.
1: I know. Something that's so part of our every waking and sleeping part of our
2: lives. Yeah. Who knew that there was so much to it? And so much that we could potentially potentially be getting wrong. I know. I <laughs> Revelation. Know. Just when we think we're nailing
1: life. So how did you find doing those breathing exercises with her? How did you find that? Because you said in the moment that actually you felt like you were breathing quite in your chest and that at that point you weren't really breathing down into your belly.
2: Yes, and actually, this morning while I was lying in bed with uh, the lovely man, who he's he basically inspired this episode because he's he read James Nestor's book *Breath* and has been basically. For our entire relationship, telling me about it (laughs) nearly every other day. Yes, and actually, and a friend of mine, um, we talk about this more in the second part, don't we? But a friend bought it for me as well, and I haven't read it yet. And we did try to get James Nestor for this episode. We did. No (laughs) response from there. He's a little bit busy. But anyway, (laughs) so we were lying in bed this morning doing um, some pretty long... We were doing about four breaths a minute. Okay. And I was really finding that as I started, I was breathing into my chest. My whole chest was lifting up. And I was thinking, oh, his isn't. And I was like, ah, I'm supposed to be breathing into my diaphragm. Yes. And the whole, it's not a lifting up, it's a going out. Horizontal. So I really focused on that. And I really realised, you know, what she was saying about how we've changed how we breathe over over our lives and how as kids we did used to do that automatically, just breathe into our stomachs. That made me feel sad actually, what she was saying about how that kind
1: of trying to suppress and control our emotions is something that comes in as you, you yeah. get a bit older and the, the physiological effect of that on our bodies.
2: Yeah. That made me feel sad. And that it can be from us wearing tighter clothes or too tight clothes. It could be with where, you know, us feeling we have to hold our stomachs in all the time. Well, yeah, that whole
1: posture thing of like, tilt your pelvis under, hold your stomach wall in. Yeah, That feels counterintuitive.
2: Yes, that's not going to allow you to fully breathe. That is a big contributing factor to us shallow breathing. And he was saying to me that apparently our diaphragms get weaker. As we get older, we shallow breathe more. Right. And so it leads to our diaphragm weakening because it's a muscle and it it needs training. So it really reinforced my kind of... I have been doing exercises ever ever since I pretty much daily ever since we did our interview with her. Wow. That's gotta be a first for I these, know so <laughs> <of these> episodes. <laughs> but Brilliant I've been actually doing the homework. <laughs> and it actually feels like it feels really important, doesn't it? And it, it feels does. like we can really change change yeah. our health, change everything. Yeah. Um and it's interesting because I guess if you've learned properly to sing
1: or if you've learnt to play a musical instrument that you play with your mouth like a Mm. woodwind instrument or brass instrument or something you've probably learnt some of those techniques anyway so that you can get that bigger volume of air in your lungs in order to do that and a little bit actually in our voiceover training like I don't know if you've done this but a little bit of those breathwork techniques to get that fuller lung it made me think about some of those exercises actually and she was taking us through it
2: and I've what I've realised is I've never fully understood what they're saying. When you're in, you know, like you're in a meditation class or something and they're like, breathe into your diaphragm. Yes. I've never really known what that is, where it is. Or and well, or they say, breathe into your abdomen. And you're like, how am I supposed to breathe into my abdomen, lady? And, um, and so, yeah, it's been good to actually physically do it and go, oh, yeah, I can really feel it. I'm getting far more breath in. That's exactly it, isn't
1: it? It's not just knowing to do it, it's understanding why you do it, which was so brilliant to hear her explain that. Yeah. Um, I wondered after the interview, and we did talk about this, whether I was a mouth breather or not.
2: Because <laughs> I think we I did kind of it. accuse you
1: of being a mouth breather. <laughs> I know, which has got such sort of weird connotations, doesn't it? Ugh, it's a mouth breather. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was, I was going to do the mouth taping, but then I thought I'll give myself a couple of days to really think about it, because every now and then I might have a little snore. I know, sexy,
2: right? Uh, do you know what? Apparently I do too, I've right. found yeah. out. I, yeah. Which I deny, but okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I
1: was reassured, though, to hear from her that you can snore even if you do sleep with your mouth shut. Because after a couple of days, I was like, no, you know what? I don't breathe through my mouth. I do breathe through my nose. So I think if I keep practicing these breathing exercises and it becomes more automatic, then maybe the snoring will stop, which would be good. It is all fascinating.
2: So will you, do you reckon you'll carry on this these breathwork exercises? Yes, definitely. Because I just really feel that there's so many long-term benefits. Yeah. Physically, mentally. A lot of those we'll be talking about in part two. No spoilers. But um, it can really, yeah, for your nervous system, it can have brilliant impacts. We'll be talking about that in the next episode. It becomes quite meditative. And it's in those moments where I notice that I'm kind of shallow breathing. And I'm like, right, let's slow it down. And when you're just, yeah, lying there and focusing on how many breaths in and how many breaths out, you um, it becomes like quite a meditative practice. So we're kind of tying in a couple of episodes from this uh, yeah. from this series. Oh, I and love when th- that happens. Yeah. When they all begin to sync together. Yeah. <laughs> it's true, though. Tick it's and true. tick. So, yeah, I am committed. I'm committed to changing my breathing. How about you, Kate? Yeah, I want to keep practicing it as well. I haven't quite nailed it, but
1: I definitely... F- can see the benefits in it this sort of functional breathing and if Mm. i can just make that my resting state of breath when i am at rest obviously you know if i'm running for a bus it's different right and it's okay (laughs) if you're running for a doctor down the middle of a train (laughs) exactly then you know i might up the breath a little bit but just in those relaxed moments if i can just get that functional breathing as an automatic state i think that would be i think it can only be a positive thing so yeah. I'm just gonna keep thinking about it. And you can't, you know, you can't be thinking about it every breath because you've got to do other stuff in your life. Yeah. But if I can have a few moments every day of just connecting with it and thinking about it, then hopefully it will become, it will gradually become more automatic. So yeah, yeah. I am in.
2: She's in, guys. <laughs> She's in. <laughs>
1: Thank you so much for listening to Write Up My Podcast and we would love to hear from you on whether you've been trying any of these exercises that Lindsay talked us through or if you've got any ideas for future episodes so get in touch with us either on Instagram and Twitter at writeupmy or you can email us at
2: writeupmypodcast at gmail.com Subscribe and follow wherever you listen and we love to get your reviews and we will give your reviews a shout out on the pod too and please share with your friends because we think they would like to listen too and why not head on
1: over to our patreon page where for the price of a mere cup of coffee a month you can become an exclusive member of the rump club where you'll get access to extra wiffle waffle and all sorts of odds and sorts of content we would love you to come and join us down there head to patreon.com slash write up my podcast and as always a huge thank you to our
2: brilliant team That is Sam Seeger, who has been editing the interviews for us. Andy G, who does our spectacular music. And Erica Francis George, who creates our artwork. Thank you, you wonderful people. And we'll be back in a
1: couple of weeks with part two of our Breathwork special. But in the meantime, keep trying things
2: to make you feel good. Bye-bye. Tell me, did you like
0: the podcast, Brian? No! Oh. If unlike Brian you thought our podcast was really great then don't hold back like subscribe and tell your mate. But if like Brian you thought our podcast wasn't fun then just keep quiet don't feel the need to tell anyone. Oh, we'd love to hear from you if you've got some thoughts to share such rich and lovely views that all should be aware of. But I hope you liked our podcast and you thought it was really great, and if you did, like, subscribe and tell your mate. Cause we don't need grumpy pants bringing everybody down no we don't need negative nellies making people frown no so i hope you liked our podcast and you thought it was really great and if you did like subscribe and
3: tell your mate